Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Monday, September 19th. We begin with on-the-ground coverage of the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II. We speak with Ben O'Hara Byrne, host of A Little More Conversation on 770 CHQR, for details on the proceedings which span over eight hours. Next, we continue our conversation on this historic event as we catch up with Andy Johnstone, a British expat who now calls Calgary home. He's had the experience, the unique experience, in fact, of meeting Queen Elizabeth on more than one occasion. Andy shares his thoughts with us on today's ceremony. And finally, we speak with Kenny James, former UK broadcaster and business owner, who explains the impact such a large event is having in London and the UK itself. Seven oh nine. It's mornings with Sue and Andy here on seven seventy CHQR. Queen Elizabeth II is en route to St George's Chapel at Windsor Castle, her final resting place. With details on the procession, we are joined by the host of a little more conversation here on 770 CHQR, Ben O'Hara-Byrne. Good morning to you, Ben. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I know you have been at work for hours and hours uh, by this point, uh, only 7 a.m. here in Calgary, but you have been at it. Uh, where are we right now when it comes to that funeral procession, Ben? It is on its way to Windsor. Of course, we'd watched the procession leave Westminster Abbey uh, a little over a few hours ago. Uh, to make its way up to Wellington Arch, where the coffin was transferred to a hearse uh, to take it to uh, Windsor, where, of course, as you mentioned, um, there'll be a service of committal this afternoon in a few hours. Prime Minister Trudeau will be there for that. It is not as big as what we saw this morning. Uh, And then a private ceremony this evening and burial uh, alongside her late husband, Prince Philip, in uh, the Royal Vault, where her her father and mother, uh, King George and, um, and the Queen Mother, are. And that is coming up this evening. So it's been, it, it, you know, it all unfolded quite quickly this morning. Obviously, there were a lot of people down here. So we all got here very early. It was still dark. And, um, you know, people, it was, it was somber today. It was much more, obviously, it was more somber than it had been in recent days when a lot of talk was about the lion waiting to see your lying in state and the friendships that were made. Today was much more subdued. Um, I guess there was a finality to it that everyone realized and recognized. Um, but but a, 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 a sort of a, a splendid yet simple funeral service, and it's, I thought, quite touching in many ways. Was there anything particularly poignant or something that stuck with you, Ben, from this morning's or the service today, as something that you'll always remember, something that really kind of sticks out in your mind? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the family following behind the coffin, of course, is always something that sticks out. There were obviously images of, of, of Prince George and Princess Charlotte who were here with their parents. Of course, I, I stood outside when waiting for Prince George to be born here in London a while back. It was, it was amazing to see how much he's grown. And, and then the idea, to obviously, I guess they wouldn't want him to miss this moment in time. They're obviously asking questions. He was there. And uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury's sermon, uh, Justin Welby's sermon, was, was quite heartfelt. He talked about that dedication she made at 21 on her 21st birthday in Cape Town, South Africa, to dedicate her life to service of both you know, the, the reign and, and of the monarchy and, the, and of the Commonwealth, and how she kept that promise, and how much Westminster Abbey had played a part in her life, both her wedding, her coronation. Um, so it was in some ways very personal, perhaps more personal than one would expect. And yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a humble service for someone who achieved so much over so many years. Being there in person, Ben, uh, you know, on the ground, or front row and center, so to speak, 
I'm wondering if you can put it into terms that maybe Canadians can understand because we've had big gatherings, whether it's a stampede parade or, or different events. Uh, can we compare it to anything we have seen in Canada? Yeah, I mean, the closest thing I could compare it to would be a really packed Canada Day on Parliament Hill, um, but without without the festivities. It was There was something about just the sheer masses of people. There have been times in those side streets of Ottawa, it's really hard to get along, get around. Um, you know, it didn't have the jubilation of a Stanley Cup parade. It didn't have the, you know, it didn't have sort of the deep solemnness of, of some other events that we've had in our past. There was something communal about it that was very interesting. The people were being very nice to each other, were being, um, this sort of spirit of community rose up in, in honor of her, I think, in many ways. And it's quite, it's quite the legacy to leave behind, even for a queen, um, that in death, what your, what people's reaction were was sort of an outpouring of both affection, but also an outpouring of kindness to each other. And that part I found, found to be probably the thing that marked me the most while I was here. I didn't know what to expect. I think we had long talked about what it might be like for the Queen to die, because obviously as she aged, it was something that we, that we thought about. Um, and it was quite the legacy that, that this was the spirit that she brought up, the sort of spirit of togetherness and kindness. And yeah, that part of it was, that part of it was very striking. Planning, as you say, for this funeral has been taking place for many, many years, sadly, but as is necessary. Was there any sort of sign of the security that we've heard so much about in London? Do any sign of that for, for the average uh, you know, person who might be out watching? Yeah, I mean, the, the, they essentially locked down the centre of London, this, this area of London where Buckingham Palace, Westminster Abbey and Westminster are. It's not that big. Big Ben is here too. Um, or the clock tower, it's not that big, but they're able to really lock it all down, and that's what they did. So today, more so than any other day, this whole area, the security presence was, was as clear as can be. That being said, they were still letting people in this morning to line up along the mile to watch, even though it was already about eight or nine people deep. People have been camping out for days. Um, but the security presence was very noticeable this morning. Um, and then, yes, they prepared, preparing it was the largest police operation in Met history, we were told, that, you know, 10,000 officers on the street. But it seems to have gone off, you know, 100 state visits at once, a uh, huge royal event, a bigger, the bigger than a wedding or bigger than a jubilee. It seems to have gone off without a hitch, as far as I can tell. And that's, that's saying something, considering just how quickly everyone had to prepare for this day. Do we uh, have any indication of who will be um, in attendance, the 800 people expected to attend the service uh, at Windsor Castle, the kind of the, uh, you know, part two, if you will? Yeah, I, I know the Prime Minister will be there, and, I, I, and I'm not sure who else will be. I gather it's a, it's a smaller list of dignitaries. Um, I'm not completely whether, whether it's only sort of leaders of realm countries, such as us, Australia, New Zealand, so forth, will be invited. Uh, I would think so. I would think that's why the Prime Minister is there. I'm not sure if others would be there, such as I don't think President Biden is invited, but I could be wrong. I was uh, we, we were sort of getting updates on that today uh, as to who was going to be there. Uh, clearly, the family will be there. And then tonight they have their own service. They have their own private uh, service for the burial. And I guess that'll be the time for them, again, to be able to spend some family time mourning. Because it must be, you watch that today and you think it must be incredibly difficult even for a royal family, it must be incredibly difficult to have to do all your mourning in public mm -hmm. and all your mourning under this kind of spotlight, this incredibly intense global spotlight. So I imagine they've been looking forward to at least uh, being able to spend some private time to, uh, to reflect on what they've lost.
Ben, thank you so much for your coverage throughout. Really appreciate your time this morning again. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Ben O'Hara Byrne, host of A Little More Conversation here on 770 CHQR. He has been at work. Uh, you, you think about the amount of hours and yeah. prep time that goes in. And, uh, you know, him and his colleagues, uh, Donna Friesen from Global News, obviously Mercedes Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And uh, last but not least, it was Jeff Semple, the, the, the whole team out there. It, it's incredible to you cover big events like this, and I, I go back to the Stampede Parade, for example, a different event. I'm not trying to draw the parallel. No, not, the not quite the same, right? How there are so many different moving parts to try to have a conversation with your co-anchors, to try to you know keep your thoughts straight mm-hmm. when you're, you're surrounded by that many people. It's uh, an incredible undertaking, really. Global's coverage has been amazing. Oh, absolutely. We're grateful for uh, all the reporters who've been out there doing such a great job. talking once again this morning to Andy Johnstone, who recently immigrated from the UK to Calgary. We say hello again. Hi, Andy. How are you? I'm good. Good morning, Sue. Good morning, Andy. Thank you for joining us. I know you've been glued to the TV set this morning. You spent time in the Royal Air Force in Britain. You've been honoured by the Royals. How was it for you watching the pomp and pageantry and, and frankly, the sadness of the Queen's funeral this morning? Well, I've got to say, as, a, as an ex-military man, um, I think the British do the pomp and ceremony um, better than anybody else. It was it was quite moving to watch, um, and a historic moment. But just to watch the uh, the royal family who've had to deal with this grief over the last uh, ten days or so um, in public, so busy, not a moment seemingly to even mourn. Mm-hmm. But I know they get another seven days. Um, morning beyond the sort of public 10 days but just a, a feeling of um sadness but admiration for the queen admiration for the royal family and um <clears throat> admiration for the for the military who, who did not put a foot wrong or uh, or the horses even a hoof wrong i'm wondering you know how it makes you feel andy you're looking at these images that we're watching on tv that just looks like beautiful countryside at this point and of course the history of the buildings that we have seen in the images. But for me, I've, I've never been there. For you, these are roads, these are monuments and, and, and structures you've been close to, been around. Is there a sense of homesickness, knowing that you're watching something that you used to, you know, it used to be your playground to a certain extent? That's a good question. And actually, uh, one of my daughters sent me a message this morning and asked me exactly that question. Uh, and I said, no, I don't, I don't feel sad. And I remarked about the amount of coverage on Canadian TV and radio. So, um, no, I'm not feeling homesick, but it is great to see um, a lot of the historical landmarks, which I know well. Um, as we spoke last time, I received my uh, officer of the most excellent order of the British Empire from Windsor Castle, from the then Prince Charles, now King Charles. Um, so, yeah, very familiar uh, and great to see that. What kind of an honour would it be, Andy, for those military members who are participating in the services today? Uh, how would they feel about that? Are they are they sort of hand-chosen? Is it a, a whole regiment that would be picked? How does that work? Well, first and foremost, huge honour and something they'll remember um, <clears throat> for the rest of their lives, as is the case for, for anybody who meets a member of the royal family. Um, but, I mean, a certain amount of this is fate because... The people are in the jobs at the time when the Queen passed, which meant they were 
ready and able to uh, be part of this. Um, they would be trained for it and prepared for it, and that's always been the case. But there's an element of fate. You know, you happen to be in the job with that duty at that time when the Queen passed. So, um, and, but of course, you know, all the military are well trained. The people who would be ready to take on these roles um, would be especially well trained. People taking on these roles that we're seeing, and again, in these official roles, the beautiful colors and, and uh, you know, the, the pageantry involved, that's part of the military. But the other part, and somebody with extensive background in military, that we're not seeing is the security detail. And I think that's got to be a real tribute. We're, we're seeing what we're supposed Huge. to see. We're not seeing stuff in the background. So you can tell us your thoughts on that and, and if you had yeah, to be part of a mission like this. I think this is probably the greatest or, or largest gathering of, of leaders and royals from around the world. Um, a historic moment, which will probably be one of the most historic moments of this century. But the security behind that in one of the largest capitals in the world uh, and in a capital which is very condensed, uh, the, the security behind the scenes um, is, is incredible. I mean, there'll be snipers on rooftops. There'll be all sorts of preparations. But again, and I would say this, I think the British... Uh, ability to deal with these huge events and to provide world-class outstanding security again is second to none. Agree, and it's it's gone off so beautifully, and it's amazing to see the the enormous crowds of people who are out paying their respects and have been all morning long or all day long. I'm curious though what you think about. Uh, like royal merchandise or the merch and the fact that there's just been a boom in that sort of thing, people <laughs> wanting to buy anything with the Queen's likeness on it. How do you feel about that kind of stuff? Well, I'll be honest, it's not something I've ever been uh, interested in. And uh, you know, my wife, who's Canadian and, and lived with me for four years in England before we came over here, you know, Shari and I have been to Buckingham Palace, we've been to Windsor Castle. Um, Shari was interested in in a lot of that merch um but again i think it's a personal choice you can understand at a time of such outpouring of emotion why why people would want to try and have a keepsake mm -hmm. um i have no difficulty with it at all i mean i said it maybe because i've been in the military and for example you know i had the queen's insignia on my officer's cap um i i i don't need that because because i've been in a privileged position but yeah, for, for the people who want to go out and mark the, the occasion and have a keepsake, why not? Why not? If that's, if that's our passion. Fair enough. In the meantime, we appreciate how generous you have been with your time, Andy, speaking with us last weekend, uh, giving us an update on your thoughts uh, this morning. Thank you so much. Well, it's been a pleasure and uh, any time. Stuff. That is Andy Johnstone, expat living in Calgary, former British military, who's had lunch with Queen Elizabeth II and has, uh, you know, obviously been in uh, similar situations with the now King Charles, mm -hmm. formerly Prince Charles. So here's a guy who has a lot of experience. I wanted to ask him that because I would think that you'd be looking at this as, as we're looking at these beautiful landscapes going, oh, I remember this. I went here. It's got to be an interesting it's take your countryside. from somebody who mm -hmm. has spent so much time there. Mm -hmm. I married he and his wife, Sherry, by the way. Did you? Yep. Look I at did. you. You're connected to the Queen now. Yes, I am. Historic day. Queen Elizabeth is en route to her final resting place, St. George's Chapel.
at Windsor Castle. And, uh, of course, we're watching that unfold uh, live on television. Had our uh, farewell to the Queen special uh, throughout the morning here on 770 CHQR. And joining us now to comment on the funeral and the life of Queen Elizabeth II is Kenny James, UK broadcaster and business owner. Good morning to you, Kenny. Good morning, Andy. I, I can't underscore enough the historic part of, uh, you know, our lives that we're watching unfold today, the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Can we get your views on the service and, and what you've seen so far today? It's been a very touching service. Um, the UK has come to a halt, and the um, shops closed. Uh, most places have decided to, uh, as a mark of respect, not open their business today. And everybody's watching it on TV um, the cinemas even showing it out here, sports halls, have it on big screens. A lot of people watching it, massive amounts of respect and, and a lot of sorrow felt today from people in the UK. Kenny, pomp and circumstance for sure, beautifully done. Obviously a long time in the making and sadly now having to put it into practice. But were you surprised that the King, King Charles III, did not speak at the service this morning? I don't think he was expected to soon. Okay. Um, what people have forgotten in, in recent days, of course, the child himself has lost his mother and his father in the last 12 months. And he had to working, traveling to the various countries uh, throughout the UK. He's been to Wales, been to Ireland, been up to Scotland. And he's been working full time, even though from last week. Mm, there. And I'm wondering, you know, as far as the monarchy itself and the age of folks who grew up with Queen Elizabeth II, what are you seeing as far as the mix of crowd? Is this getting the younger set out? And are you going to? Are we going to perhaps see a renewed interest in the monarchy by younger Britons? I think Andy uh, Prince Charles has done the longest apprenticeship uh, of any anyone for this this job. Now King Charles III, of course. But what's interesting is when you see people on the streets and people who are queuing uh, for, for twenty four hours in some cases uh, to see uh, the Queen in London. Um, a lot of young people, very young people, the teens and the grandma told them about when, when they were young and they saw the Queen. So it certainly refreshed interest in, in, in the monarchy. And, and of course, the, the, the younger monarchs, um, the Vincent, Vincent Princess of Wales now, of course, are, are very popular now in the UK. Kenny, I mean, tough to, to say because obviously she'll be remembered lovingly, but when we think about the Queen down the road, how will she be remembered? I was speaking with Andy a little earlier. We we're kind of talking about the fact that when she, her coronation, she was such a young woman and a woman ruling for so very long and starting at that young age and back in that day was very, very rare. And it, it seems that it's, it, you know, a bit of a loss in that sense as well in so many ways, really. We'll, we'll never see the likes of it again, Sue, is the reality of it. 70 years. Uh, she remembered over here very lovingly because she was a, a, a sort of an anti-type character that one could, re could refer to. Uh, and also she's a hard-working person as well. So um, it's, uh, two days before she died, she was meeting the new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, in the UK. So a, a life of, of, of hard work and a genuine person that people felt they, they could really re relate to. We were reading that transit systems and administrators of transit in London say about a million extra riders they expect today and throughout the day and perhaps tomorrow getting back to, you know, transportation to get home, essentially. Are you seeing that as far as congestion getting around in the city with, with that many people? Yeah, London's full. 
Andy, is the message they were trying to politely give to people and saying to people, really, if you haven't already organised your transporting hours or somewhere to stay, please don't come down today. Do it, give you a bit of respect from home or from your local town or city because it's just there's too many people who want to come out uh, and see this parade. As you said, uh, Charles has lost his mom and they were very close, obviously. Uh, are we expecting a lot from King Charles III? What, what did the British people feel about him? There's a, there's a, a, a real new wave of, of love affection for Charles. He's been looked at in the past as a bit of a uh, off-the-wall character when he was the Prince of Wales, talking to trees and that kind of thing. But I think there's a lot of respect for him, a lot of expectation. He'll do things differently to his mum, but he'll, he'll see something have that passion. For, for, for the next 20 or more years. Breaking down just a little bit, uh, Kenny, so maybe you can you know stick one arm in the air or... <laughs> Stand near a window. Uh, we, we want to spend a couple more minutes with you. Uh, obviously, within these images, we're, we're seeing the family behind the Queen's coffin and uh, two very important and prominent parts of those family, of course, uh, Prince William and uh, Prince Harry. It, it, it's something that has been told that they had a bit of a rift between them. Could this be, and what are we hearing, what have you read, uh, you know, on the uh, infamous uh, English papers about their relationship? Could this be mending their relationship? I think it depends, Andy, which newspaper you read. Mm. Some of us here say that, yeah, this is this is brought them together. Uh, they're now speaking again. They hadn't apparently spoken for for uh, a couple of years. Uh, and word is that <clears throat> King Charles, their father, had a word with both of them and said, "Please, let's get this sorted out. Let's pay respect to your great your grandma." And uh, it, it looks like it's working, but we shall see. Kenny, it's a big deal here in Canada that the RCMP members are leading the procession this morning through the streets of London. Is that a big deal in in the UK? Are, are you even hearing about that? Because it certainly is something beautiful for us to see. Just 10 minutes ago, Sue, I was standing watching on screen uh, with a person in, inside my business here. And the, the first thing he said, don't those guys look smart, which mm. they are, are, are well, Canadian military police people, uh, 4,000 military on parade in London in this parade today. There were 3,000 in London, 1,000 in Windsor. Uh, so it's a big event, but certainly the Canadian military police look great. We do know that her resting place will, of course, be St. George's Chapel at Windsor Castle. But uh, as far as the uh, pomp and circumstance, the official uh, portion of today, when, when that finishes... What can we expect, Kenny? Do people just disperse or do people hang out for a couple of more days in London and in, in, in the area? I think a lot of people, Andy, will just head home. Uh, having been there, having witnessed something that they'll tell their, their children, their grandchildren and great-grandchildren about, uh, a lot of places in London won't be open. As a mark of respect, many, many places have closed. So I think at the end of the day, people will just bow down and say, well, that was a great lady, we had a great day, we paid our respects and we'll now head off home. I know it's a difficult day for you and so many. Thanks so much for joining us again this morning, Kenny. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Kenny James is a UK broadcaster and business owner. He's been a regular friend to the program, so it was wonderful to be able to kind of touch base with him this morning, well, or this morning, and see what it's like for him to be in the country where yeah. we're seeing this procession being led through the streets of London right now. He's very much involved in a, in a bed and breakfast in a bit of a pub in in UK. Smart so, man. <laughs> so I, I can understand, you know, and we've read a couple of articles about uh, the boon that, you know, the renewed interest will be in particularly. You don't want it to be short term, just, you know, this is the Queen's farewell. Uh, but within the desire to, to get close to the monarchy mm -hmm. and, of course, make... London and uh, different areas in the UK, your travel destination. So it has been good.
But at the same time, we'll see how it unfolds with King Charles III. And as Leslie Cater told us, the travel lady last week, oh, yes. that you know, when the coronation happens of King Charles next year, next it's going to be a while. Year, they're already prepping for it. People are already booking their trips. Things are already being planned in terms of travel for that time. So, yeah, if uh, you're heading to the UK in the next couple of years, is uh, you'll best be thinking about why you're going and if this is the right time yeah. for it, or maybe it is exactly the right time. Maybe not just try to book it by yourself online. Yeah, maybe get some expert guidance. Maybe so. Maybe so.